Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Baseball Buds Podcast. I'm your host, Richie. Joining me, as always, is Matt. Matt, welcome. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty great knowing I traded Trey Turner to you for basically a bag of dicks, and then you traded him to someone else for basically also a bag of dicks, and here he is the, <laughs> I think, hands down, United States World Baseball Classic MVP for World Team USA. Two home runs tonight, um, big grand slam, what was it, two nights ago? Great performance. and uh, That was just last night, yeah. Was it last night? For the lis- yeah, for the listeners, uh, you'll probably be hearing this podcast a little bit later, but we are recording on Sunday, so over the weekend, a lot of Trey Turner buzz, and he's hit three home runs now in the last two days, which has pretty much vaulted the United States. What I mean, the game's still going on, but I think they're up 12-2, to yeah, two, so over. they should be going to the finals. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's never over till it's over. Until you know, like they start plunking all our guys in the hand, and uh, we start losing them for the season. So, hey, listen, we'll I don't have anyone that I can think of playing on Team USA. So, the more hands that are hit, the better. It actually leads for me for fantasy baseball. So, you know, let's just keep that coming, and um, maybe we'll have an Arnado six to eight week injury as well. Although we are here, uh, I just got an update. It was negative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he'll negative, be okay. Negative. Okay. So we need him to come back in the championship and game again. and get hit again. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, well, that being said, for tonight's show, we will be going through each round um, in a 12-team league and talking to you guys about which hitter and pitcher we like in each round and why. And we'll see how far we can get to. But my goal is to go through all 25 rounds in 12-team format. So that's the top 300 picks. And we are going off of the ESPN categories rankings. Um, for those of you who play on ESPN, if you look at their points rankings, they are all sorts of wacky, and I don't agree with the majority of them. And I believe the categories rankings can both be applied to points and categories. The only caveat I'll say is Shohei Otani is ranked number one. That's assuming that you're playing in a daily format and you can swap him in between pitcher and hitter. I think if you're playing in a weekly league, he's got to be downgraded, at least to the first or second round. But with that being said, let's just hop right into it. We'll start out with round one. I don't want to get too far into it because a lot of this has to do with where you get the luck of the draw. If you get pick 12, you're not going to have your shot at someone like a Juan Soto or uh, Aaron Judge or something like that. So don't want to get too far into that but from round two on you can pretty much get your hands on any of these guys so matt let's start it off you have the list up in front of you so let me know what hitter and batter or hitter and pitcher you like the most out of in round one yeah i'm gonna put shohei otani in the back burner because i think that's a pretty obvious decision for anybody that's playing in a daily league that's that's who you're going with with the first pick overall um, I'm just going to kind of like base it as if I were kind of sitting right in the middle. I really want to target Jose Ramirez. If he falls, if there's somehow I can get him at that five, six, Jose Ramirez is a guy that I'd be interested in. <clears throat> and if I can't get Jose Ramirez, I'm going after an outfielder. And that would probably be Aaron judge, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker. You know, if I'm taking Tucker, I'm probably taking Tucker at the end of the first and then quickly pairing him someone with him with someone in the second round that I think has good value. I don't know if I sent you the right one. They've got like Ronald Acuna at like number 37. Yeah, I see that as well. And Alex Bregman at 22. Do you want to do it off CBS's then? Um, maybe it's points leagues that's the one we should be looking at. I mean, this one doesn't even have an indicator of where it is. I think I. Yeah, so the first round is very difficult. You know, I'm going to put Shohei Otani kind of on the back burner here with the idea if you're playing in a daily league, you're probably taking Shohei Otani number one overall. It should be a pretty obvious choice since you get him as a batter and a pitcher. You know, d- again, depending on your format, depending on where you're playing at, all of that does change. But first round, I kind of want to take it as I'm taking in the, I'm picking in the middle here. Um, I'm guessing Jose Ramirez is going to be gone. I'm guessing, you know, the likes of Shohei are going to be gone. Trey Turner's probably going to be gone. Uh, I want to. I want to definitely target an outfielder. That's um, Julio Rodriguez. That's possibly Ronald Acuna. 
And worst case scenario, I think it's going to be Kyle Tucker. And I really like Kyle Tucker this year. I think he could absolutely end the season in that top three overall, four overall. I think he's going to add a lot of value, especially with the stolen bases. You know, with Judge, you can get the power, you can get the average of the runs, the RBIs. Tucker, you're going to get a lot of that, but you're also going to get the stolen bases. Um, the one I do not like in this classification is probably Jordan Alvarez. Just because of the the injury, I've had him for a couple of years in Dynasty. Like There is always concern with him going to be on the IL. Um, so definitely Jordan's probably my dislike. And then for pitcher, I think I'm honestly avoiding pitcher in the first round. I'm definitely targeting a bat. Yeah, I agree. I am not going pitcher at all in the first round. And same thing with Jordan Alvarez in the first round. I'm not touching him. I do like going for an outfielder. We've touched on this in our outfield rankings before, but definitely somebody who's going to provide power and speed, whether you're in categories or points. Stolen bases equate to points, which equate to more runs, so I definitely like that. So let's move on to round two, which is pick 13 through 24. So we're going to have the start of the starting pitchers with Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns, and you have some third baseman in there, and then we start to see some shortstops. So Matt... Who are the people you like from 13 to 24? Yeah, uh, this is where it kind of gets to be the deviated point where, you know, if I see Devers off the board, Machado off the board, I'm probably more or less thinking about a Garrett Cole. Um, Now, again, Cole and Burns, which you're seeing as a deviation in volume, right? You expect Cole to go 200 plus innings, 250 plus strikeouts. Burns, you're hoping for... 200 innings. I think at this point in his career, we need to see him go the distance and do it um, consecutively. And also from a perspective of Burns, you're looking for him to continue to boost his free agent value as it gets closer to his you know, end of tenure in Milwaukee. Uh, I like all those factors. I still would rather have Cole over Burns and I would rather have Devers and Machado over both. But at this point, if both third basemen are gone, I'm probably looking at taking Garrett Cole. Um, and if, if, if Cole is gone and, say, Burns is gone and my third baseman are gone, I'm probably double-dipping outfield um, or possibly you know, taking my first outfielder if I had taken, say, a Trey Turner or a Jose Ramirez by taking Fernando Tatis at the end of this round. Yeah, I can't come to terms. Even though I like those pitchers, I can't come to terms with taking a pitcher in round two. If I did have to rank him, it would be Garrett Cole over Corbin Burns just for the strikeout and strikeout ability. And because he's gone that 200 inning threshold way more than Corbin Burns has. As far as hitters go, if I did get the first or second round pick and I was able to land Jose Ramirez, I'm trying to get Mike Trout at 22 if he somehow can fall to me. Otherwise, I'm trying to get one of those third basemen, whether it's Manny Machado, Devers, Riley, or I guess Arenado doesn't really fit in this, and especially with his um, recent injury, I don't know what that looks like. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the crap. That I'm staying away from the first baseman as far as Pete Alonzo and I think Freddie Freeman. Nope, Freddie Freeman's in the first round, but I'm staying away from those guys. I think it's too much of a premium, and you can... We, we really like this Vinny P, Nate Lowe, and Jose Abreu, which we'll get to in the later rounds. Well, and So, yeah, I'm passing on first base there. And you look at, you know, I, I think when you look at these guys, it, it's, it's not that they're of value. It's just you look at Freeman at 10 here. I would still rather have Juan Soto. I'd probably rather have Manny Machado just because of position scarcity than Freddie, right? And, and I think it's interesting to watch as we get closer to the season to see if this, if Freddie falls, you know, Vlad's going to be taken just on name alone and pedigree alone. Um, obviously there is that knee inflammation. So it is interesting to monitor first base. And I mean, also upper end to first base, it really is just the three of these guys. I know Paul Goldschmidt won MVP, but let's all be honest here. We're expecting a Goldschmidt regression. There's no question about that. So at, at this point, I think you're going to start to take the outfielders, the third baseman, and the pitchers before you take first, and kind of like you were alluding to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's move on now to round three. The one caveat I'll say, so this is pick 25 through 36. At 36 is sitting Jose Altuve. He has been ruled out for, I think it's eight to 10 weeks with a broken hand. So these rankings have not been updated. Um I have no idea where he would fall, Matt. I probably wouldn't take him until the sixth round, maybe in the 60, 70 range, 
maybe even 80 range. I don't even know. It's hard to hard to judge because we are still two weeks away from opening day. So you're looking at missing him for the first month and a half, maybe two months, if depending on how it heals. And because I believe it was a broken thumb. So for the sake of this exercise, let's just exclude Jose Altuve until we get more. We have more drafts to see where he's actually falling. But with that being said, who are the hitters and pitchers you like from this range? Yeah, I think off the bat, what you're seeing here is this was really your last chance at getting a bona fide ace. And you have some concerns here. You have Shane McClanahan at 33. Obviously, there were injury concerns last year with the shoulder impingement. You know, we see him as a young pitcher. A workload is in question. Then you have Zach Wheeler, who had a down year last year. Brandon Woodruff, who was up and down last year as well with his own injury concerns for Milwaukee in 2022. And then you have the elder statesman in Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer at the top, who have been great for as long as we can remember now and are getting older. So you have the concern of when do they fall off, right? I think if I'm not taking Garrett Cole or Corbin Burns in round two, this is absolutely where I'm looking to take my number one starter, and it is Scherzer and his Verlander. And if I can't, I'm probably pushing this SP1 down the road even further. Um, man, I mean, I like Arenado. You know, the injury tonight kind of scares me. Um, but it's got to be Verlander or Scherzer. And if I'm stuck in a pickle, it's probably going to be Arenado because I'm just not sold on Michael Harris as a top 35 player. I 100% agree with you. This is the range where I'm taking my ace. I think... My cutoff for feeling comfortable with an ace is Zach Wheeler at 34. At 35, there is Spencer Strider, which I do really like the upside. But in round three, when we're talking about the ace, somebody who you set it, forget it, you don't worry about ever. I just, I feel way more comfortable with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, even Brandon Woodruff, Scherzer, Verlander. And as far as hitters go, I don't even really want to talk about any of these guys because I'm completely ignoring them at this range. This is where I'm going for a pitcher. I think that's where we're going to move forward with the rest of this podcast, man. Instead of saying, which pitcher and hitter do you like? I'm just going to ask, what are you looking for Mm -hmm. in this round? I think that's probably a better use of our time because I don't even want to talk about any of these players. Michael Harris, I have as a bust. Nolan Arenado. If I don't get one of those third basemen in round one or two, I'm probably waiting until the Josh Young and Jose Miranda's of the world and Michael Harris outfielder. He's kind of in no man's land. You're paying for his ceiling, which we've seen already, and you're not really accounting for his downside. So with that being said, let's move on to round four, which is pick 37 through 48. And I will let you tell the listeners who you like from this range yeah so i'm gonna go out and say i think this could be matt olson's season i think matt olson could finally hit 270 even 280 as crazy as that sounds and i think we could see him elevate the ball to 40 home run tune and if he does that he's absolutely worth the draft pick here at 37 now i'm gonna say ultimately i would still rather have a brayu i would rather have an ep because Matt Olson just hasn't done that yet. You know, lack of shift this season, finally feeling comfortable in Atlanta. I think all of these things could really produce a possible MVP can- campaign for him. But I can't turn away from a guy like Corbin Carroll, Randy Rosarena, or Corey Seager in this range. I just can't. I think the upside of these guys, as well as filling your possible outfield two position, you have stolen bases from both Corbin Carroll and Randy Rosarena there. You have high contact, you know, good run production. Power is a little bit lacking from both of them, but Randy has had an absolute phenomenal old baseball classic, really has kind of pumped that doubles category, which should lead to more counting stats. You know, both of them are gone. This is probably where I'm looking to get my first steal of the draft. I think Corey Seager at 42 provides so much upside, kind of the same classification as Matt Olson there, where he's going to be comfortable in Texas this year, has a better lineup around him, has, a, uh, has the shift rule implemented, which really has hurt him. I think we could see him right back at 330 home runs, 35 home runs, good runs, good RBIs. And that's someone that I'd really like to hold down the middle of my infield for fantasy. Yeah, I'm a, I kind of like what you have. So if I'm playing in categories, my number one priority is at number 40, Corbin Carroll. 
that is somebody I want. I think he's going to be the stolen base leader. I think he's going to give you the average. He's not going to provide as much power. So in points, I'm probably staying away from him. But Corey Seager is near the top of that list. But realistically, I'm probably at 44 or 47 going for Ozzy Albies or Jazz Chisholm. Lock up second base with Altuve out. You have Semyon, Albies, and Chisholm. After that, I feel like there's a giant drop-off, and if I don't get one of those three or four guys, I'm probably punting second base in all reality and going from there. But I'd like to have an advantage at that spot. So realistically, probably going Corbin Carroll one. Otherwise, I'm going second base. And if I miss out on that, I'm going Corey Seager. With that being said, let's move on to round five, which is pick 49 through 60. Matt, there's some interesting ways. Oh, the one thing I wanted to note with that last round in round four is that really determines what I do with the rest of my roadmap. Am I now sitting here with two outfielders and a third base and my stud of a ace? Or do I have one outfielder and I have shortstop locked up? Or do I have second base filled out? It completely that at that point in the draft, that's where I know where I'm gonna be going. The rest of the way am i going to be looking for some of these discount outfielders am i looking to get one of the, one or two of these second base later on so i think that's the pivotal point for me in these drafts but having said that let's move on to round five who do you like here yeah so i think just from looking at these names you know jt real muto starts it off at 49 all the way down to darton volsho at 60 you have a choice here it's either you lock up your second starter or you go and you try to essentially market cap a, a deeper position in catcher, but in categories in Roto, what Varsho and Remuto give you with the stolen bases, Varsho more than Remuto is such an advantage. So for me, I'm probably targeting a pitcher here. Luis Castillo I like a lot. Alex Manoa I like a lot more in points than I do categories in Roto. Um, Jacob deGrom is a great name here. Obviously, there's, there's injury concerns, but what you're going to get with ratios is something that should jump off the charts. And as a number two, you can kind of mix and match with that. So probably Jacob deGrom, Luis Castillo. I like Max Freed a lot, staying away from Zach Gallen. And if all those pitchers are gone and I'm really left with a hard decision, it's 100% Darton Vol- Dalton Varsho here. Um, again, I think he provides you such an advantage because of playing time with that outfield designation as well as the catcher designation. And I'm just going to stick him in a catcher and I'm going to ride him out all year long. Yeah, this is the point of the draft where, regardless of what I did before, I want to get my second starter, whether it's at 51 Jacob deGrom, 52 Alec Manoa, or 55 Luis Castillo. Pairing any of those three guys with one of those studs that we named before, I'm feeling pretty confident about my pitching rotation moving forward. If, for whatever reason, all those guys are gone, I am very confident having Teoscar Hernandez as my second outfielder, assuming I didn't get Corbin Carroll in the round before. If I were for, I'll be honest, I'm not targeting catcher at this location or at this point in the draft. I'd rather have this type of a pitcher. And then when these kind of high ceiling, low floor pitchers go in that hunter range where we can get some of the Contreras brothers or a Kirk or Melendez. I'd rather have those type of guys. And I'll talk more about that later on. But as far as catcher goes, I think I'm probably passing on them at this range. So let's move on now to round six, which is pick 61 through 72. And uh, there's a lot of guys I like in this range, Matt. And realistically, if I missed out on those pitchers in that last round i'm probably reaching for some of the guys in this round so why don't you go ahead and uh kick it off for us yeah and this is really for me filling the infield so gunner henderson comes in at 64 if i've missed my big bats this is probably one of the last guys that i'm truly confident in can provide top five upside possible breakup potential i think gunner's a great candidate this season to do that and if not, you know, O'Neill Cruz and Wander Franco at 66 and 67, respectively, also positions where if I wasn't able to get Corey Seager, this is the upside I'm looking for. I'm looking to hammer these guys right now. Um, staying away from Danzy Swanson at 65, staying away from Emmanuel Classe at 63. Eloy Jimenez is nice, but I'm just not sold on Eloy Jimenez anymore. I need to see it. And then you Darvish, also a name that is my number two starter. I'm not really stoked on. I'd rather kind of wait. There's a couple names in the next round that I like a little bit more. 
Salvador Perez, obviously, Roto's in categories not going to give me any stolen bases, so I might as well wait for an M- MJ Melendez or a Contreras. And then George Springer, there's injury concern. So for me, it's definitely an infield round. And I'm the complete opposite, so it's just going to be interesting to see how your drafts are for the listeners. But give me Eloy Jimenez at 62 all day. I think this is the year he breaks out, and if he doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. But I love getting me some Eloy Jimenez here. With the caveat, I don't have Corbin Carroll already because I don't want three outfielders filled in the first six rounds for me. But I also really like uh, at 66, O'Neill Cruz, assuming I didn't get Corey Seager. And then outside of that, I don't really like anybody else. Gunnar Henderson, I think you're pretty much paying for higher to a ceiling than what his floor really is. George Springer, I agree with you. The injury concerns too much. And then at relief pitcher, there's just so much downside with relief pitchers. I just, I just can't justify paying for saves this high in the draft. So that, that's pretty much my targets there. Let's move on to 73 through 84, which is round seven, Matt. Yeah, I think the two Astros pitchers here jump out at me. If I can get them as my number three, either Christian Javier at 74 or Fran Valdez at 75, I'm absolutely ecstatic. Like That's looking to give me the innings that I'm requiring from Valdez as well as the quality starts or the strikeouts from Christian Javier, who should have a, a higher innings cap this season. And if not, this is where we start looking at first base. You know, we have the ability of Jose Abreu on this list. I think that's really kind of the first name that we've targeted this offseason as a guy that we want. Uh, staying away from Xander Bogarts, I just feel like I can get value at the shortstop position outside of names like him. Alex Bregman, same thing. I would rather just wait and sit on. Then you have a couple closers in Presley as well as Romano just waiting. Obviously, to me, those guys are kind of replaceable. Um, and then finally, I think the last name that's actually intriguing to me is Brian Reynolds. And that's going to be if I'm waiting into this round. Um, I'm also probably reaching on someone deeper into the next round, though, if Reynolds is the only guy I can take. Yeah, this is a a weird range. I I agree. This is the point of the draft where I'm looking at first base, trying to get me Jose Abreu or Nathaniel Lowe for sure, or Vinny P, who I think is in the next round, so just misses the cut. But if I didn't get my second starting pitcher by now. Christian Javier or George Kirby are definitely ones I want, but I feel better as them being my number three. And as much as I like them, this is where I'm starting to struggle with actually acquiring them because at first base, there's a huge drop off. If you miss out on um, Jose Abreu, Nathaniel Lower, Vinny P, in my mind, if you miss this little tier here, first baseman, you're screwed. And so I really want to lock up first base at this point in the draft. See, I if you miss here, my, the name that I would be targeting and am targeting in drafts is is uh, Rowdy Tellez. You know, he should presumably have a better average this year. He was one of, I think, 11 players to have over 35 home runs last year. There's a high risk with Tellez, but you could see a similar production to these guys if he can get that average up. Um, but you're right. Like after these guys, these are the, these are the floor guys, like you're in trouble because you're going to have a very low floor. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't like, yeah, you could do that. I just don't feel comfortable doing it. You know what I mean? I'd rather have one of these guys, but let's move on now to round eight, which is pick 85 through 96. And personally, this is where I start to go for a relief pitcher, but Matt, tell us who you like. Yeah, this is uh, SPL day for me. You know, this has a bunch of names of the mid-tier shortstops that we haven't really been drafting. Tim Anderson, Jeremy Pena, Carlos Correa, Willie Adamas. You know, those are nice names. And honestly, outside of Tim Anderson, they're all going to do for me the same thing for you. And in regards to give you a little bit of um, stolen base potential, give you a, a 250 to 270 average. Correa, I expect to outperform that a little bit, but won't give you the speed. Uh, and I'm just going to stay away from these guys. I'm really going to go out and target the Luis Severino and the Robbie Ray right here, steering clear of Tristan McKenzie. I really like Robbie Ray this year. I think we could see the high strikeout potential of the past, as well as paired with a moderate ERA. You know, has introduced a new pitch. I think that should help. He was dominant last year at the end of the year. And I think as my number four, three starter, I'm getting SP2 upside. Now, again, you're also getting SP cut downside if Robbie Ray has shown some of the flashes he does in the past. Uh, but for me, it's definitely targeting one of the pitchers. And if not, Vinny P's there, then I'm locking up my first base position. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I'm the complete opposite. This is where I'm like, okay, this is shortstop all day long. As long as I didn't get Corey Seager or O'Neill Cruz earlier, I'm going Carlos Correa. You know how high I am on him. I like Jeremy Pena. You know that. Willie Adamas. I mean, I'm comfortable with any of them being my shortstop. If you don't get a shortstop in this range, I feel this is where the drop-off occurs. If I've already had a shortstop locked up, this is where I'm starting to look. To get my first relief pitcher, I think there's going to be a run on relief pitchers in this range. And if you miss out, you're going to be playing the closer committee and just picking up guys as they go. We start to see Felix Bautista at 95. You have Kenley Jansen at 93, Ryan Helsley at 90. And just outside, which is in the next round, is Rysel Iglesias at 97, who I actually like the most out of this group, who I'd probably reach for in this range. But I think right at this point is where people will start to start a relief pitcher run. And depending on where you're drafting, you might be a part of the, the right in the middle of the run at the start of the run, or you might have missed it. But this is where it's going to happen. Um, anything else before I move on to the next round, Matt? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. And it, what you just said is going to lead into my first pick of the next next round here. That's picks 97 through 108. This is where I take my number one RP. It's Rasu Iglesias. And kind of to your point, like if I'm seeing that run happen in the last round, I'm probably reaching on Iglesias because he's going to be my number one target at the RP position this year because I think of the volume as well as just being on a very good team. Now, the only downside with Iglesias is he's not going to give you the same upside dominant uh, strikeout numbers that a hater or a Diaz would have given you. So you are hoping more for the, the save opportunities and, again, more of that volume. But for me, this is where the draft completely changes. Like after pick 97, I don't really love anybody. So at this point, I'm drafting on need. Right now, Iglesias at 97 or possibly Joe Musgrove at 102. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like what your logic there. This is the point of the draft now where – my core should be filled out. I should have a first, third, short, a few outfielders, a couple starting bases, at least one relief pitcher. So I should be good besides catcher, which I'm either going to take at 108 Alejandro Kirk, or I'm going to wait till the next round and take one of the Contreras brothers. But the guys I really like at this range, you know, I like me some Logan Webb at 101. He's not going to have the huge strikeout ability, but I think he's going to get you quality starts. Otherwise, I like Chris Bryant and Nick Cassianos as my second or third outfielder, depending on what I did. I like a bounce back from Cassianos. I think what happened in Philly was a fluke, and I don't think he's going to be that bad. I don't think he's going to hit 35 home runs like he did in Cincinnati, but I think he can provide average and maybe get you 25 home runs. Chris Bryant's an injury risk, but I'm willing to roll the dice. But realistically... I'm probably going pitcher with Logan Webb, Joe Musgrove, or Hunter Green here. And it's depending on what I have for if George Kirby's my number two, I'm probably going Joe Musgrove because he's safer. If I have two studs as my first two, I'm probably going Hunter Green because his upside is enormous. So let's move on now to pick 10, or round 10, I should say, which is picks 109 to 120. Yeah, and I think you hit it earlier. Uh, this is where you might be targeting catcher. If not, say you haven't gotten an outfielder or excuse me, a shortstop yet. I think a Med Rosario in a Roto in categories league is actually going to be a really sneaky pick here. You just have to weigh the option of where do you fall in this round? Where is your team shaped up? So if I don't have a shortstop, I'm grabbing Rosario. If I have a shortstop, I'm probably leaning on one of the catchers. Um, MJ Melendez is going to kind of cycle back around next round, but I'm reaching on him probably if both Contreras's are gone. Everyone else in this round, I'm completely staying away from. Byron Buxton, you have the injuries. Clayton Kershaw, the injuries. Nestor Cortez has been getting absolutely smoked in spring training. Uh, Camilio Duvall, you know, there's question marks as to his is his role solidified there. Blake Snell, question marks. Jake McCarthy, complete question marks. So really like the catcher or that last shortstop on the board here. Yep, I completely agree. The only ones I like here is Wilson Contreras at 111 and his brother William Contreras at 112. My question is, which one are you taking if they're both available? Oh, I'm definitely taking William Contreras. I am too. You got to go yeah. home or pick with the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, well, would you take MJ Melendez over both of them? Both of them, yes, I would. Uh, interesting. I would probably still take William Contreras over MJ Melendez. Yes, I just think you're going to get 140 yeah, games out of yeah, MJ. Yeah, yeah I know. I, the, the, 
I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's not get hung up on this debate all over again. I will say I do like uh, 110 Nick Lodolo and 114 Blake Snell as bounce back and breakout candidates, but it's still a little too rich for my liking at the range where they're going. So, were you going to say something, Matt? No, no. I just oh, okay. absolutely love the name that I'm staring at for this next round. Okay. Let's move on to round 11, which is pick 121 through 132. So for me, this is where I grab my third outfielder, and this is where I think my third outfielder could have an absolute breakout smashing season, and that's Anthony Santander. Had an incredible World Baseball Classic. We uh, shift is gone. You know, I'm pretty sure he's still switch hitting, correct? Do we have any verification of that? I don't know. We'll, get, we'll look into that. But uh, Santander has been a guy that's floated on our Dynasty waiver wire every year. Always on the waiver wire, a guy that you think about grabbing, and then someone else grabs him, and then he has his absolutely explosive month and a half, and you get to remind yourself how you had an opportunity to pick him up, but you chose not to. I think <laughs> I think this is the year where I'm willing to make him my third outfielder. What I've seen in the WBC has been great. I'm expecting at the age that he's at now, 26, 27, to kind of fully grow into that role. This Orioles team is getting better by the day as prospects get promoted. So there's more counting stats and there's more opportunity for counting stats. And everyone else on this list outside of maybe Lance Lynn and Sean Murphy, if I missed the Contreras brothers and MJ, I absolutely hate. Uh, Not a Taylor Ward fan, not a Christian Yelich fan, not a Joe Ryan fan. Absolutely despise Lucas Giolito, Christian Walker, waiver wire guy, Joey Manessas, flash in the pan. I'm really looking at Sean Murphy if I don't have a catcher, but I really want to lock up my third outfielder with Anthony Santander. Well, I didn't realize how high you were on him. I'm on the opposite. I actually do like Taylor Ward at 123, and that's probably the guy I'm going for. I don't really like the the pitchers going in this range. There's a lot of question marks with all of them. Joe Ryan, can he improve? Lucas Giolito, can he bounce back? A lot of weight questions. Lance Lynn, yeah, he was great at the end of the year, but he had some struggles with injuries and then the rest of the hitters i'm just not too fond of they have either power holes or the hit tool holes and i just really don't like any of the guys in this range so i don't really want to talk more about it so let's move on to round 12 which is 133 through 144 and who are the guys you like in this range yeah, this is another kind of toss-up. Um, a lot of names I really, really don't love. I think this is an opportunity for you to grab Bryce Harper if you're very happy with your team so far, if you feel like you have a lot of balance, and you can essentially float yourself to July is you know a little bit above 500. This would be the time to grab Bryce. And if it's not Bryce here, I think what you're looking at is possibly taking the upside of your RP2. And if you don't have an RP yet, you absolutely have to hammer one, the, one of these guys and hope to God they actually turn into a top 10. You have Alexis Diaz. Um, obviously, his brother just went down. I think with the Reds, you're going to have lower volume in terms of save opportunities, but he does provide really good ratios. Again, a little bit unproven. Clay Holmes, obviously a Hall of Fame first half last year, mixed with a cuttable second half. And then Scott Barlow. So a lot of names I don't love, but I think if I'm taking one, I'm probably taking Clay Holmes with the hope that he can put it together in a full season. You also have Johan Duran at 139. Um I think out of all those names, I'm probably drafting Bryce Harper because at the end of the day, most of those guys were found on the waiver wire last year. I'm going to hope that I can do the same and come July when I have Bryce Harper, that's a name that I could also probably flip if I need a high-end RP1. Yeah, give me Bryce Harper all day. That's the one guy I'm targeting in this area. If I don't get him, probably a little bit upset. But if I don't, I do like Giancarlo Stanton. I think he obviously provides the power to the batting average that's the question mark but i think that's very useful regardless of format category or points and i don't really like anybody else yeah there's some relief pitchers but they all have question marks or they don't have the role all to themselves and at that point i'd rather just wait for some of these other rps that are going a little bit later so i want to bring something up real quick here i'm seeing a name on this list that we're kind of getting to and with the last couple rounds that we've talked about, we're not really stoked on any of these players. Like Harper we like, but there's the injury designation. So ESPN has Jordan Walker at 161 right now. I'm almost positive if I'm looking at all these names over the last couple rounds, all the way dating back to like, you know, rank 97, mm-hmm. I'm probably tempted to pull the trigger on Jordan Walker. Oh, um, let's see. Where would I take Jordan Walker? I'm probably locking up my core in that first 10 rounds 
like with catcher and then i'm starting to think about it so like probably last round is where i'm starting to think about it okay for me it would be it would be like anthony santander or jordan walker and i'm i'm not even kidding i think i'd probably still go santander um yeah so that's last round that's like where i'm thinking about it like at this point like you're going through your queue you're going through the rankings you're looking to see realistically last round if we're going through and i'm like okay there's taylor ward but like i'm not completely sold and i don't like any of the other guys and i'm scrolling i'm scrolling scrolling i see bryce harper i'm instantly drafting him probably before i get to jordan walker okay that makes sense and i'm probably um, doing the same probably doing the same so yeah maybe around this round what, what round are we in 133 so yeah round 12 13 yeah i probably have most of my core filled out um probably thinking about it yeah and who knows this this could all change because i think just last week on this specific ranking set he was like 219 or something like that and what did you say he is now 161 161. yeah Yeah, so he jumped up about 40 spots okay so let's move on to round 13 which is pick 145 to 156 yeah, so don't like any of these names, um, but this is where I'm targeting. Yeah, I like the last guy. Well, look, at absolutely, absolutely. This is for me. This is like shit. I don't have a third baseman. Um, there's only two guys I'm willing to take in this round, almost unanimously, and that is Max Muncie at 147, and then Jose Miranda at 156. I think these are plug and play guys where you kind of don't know what you're gonna get, but you're hoping for the upside, right? We've seen it with Muncie. We've seen the flash that he can be which is a top five at the position, second baseman at third base. That's probably top six, top seven. I'm really happy with that in, in round 13. Um, but looking at what Jose Miranda can do is I think more of a balanced approach, probably 270, 280 hitter with no shift, the ability to possibly get you 20, 25 home runs, counting stats. Really like these guys if I have to settle on them for third base. Yeah. So in this round, this is, I love me some Jesus Lazaro at 146. Love him. I think he's going to be one of the breakout sleepers. I think having him probably, based on what we've been saying in the rounds, he'd probably be my fourth starting pitcher at this point, more than likely, maybe even my fifth. Otherwise, I do like Max Muncy at this spot at 147 as my second base. I am concerned about the average that he's going to provide, but I do think he can still get you maybe 20, 25 home runs. And if I'm slotting him at second, I'm loving that. Um, otherwise, I really don't like any of these guys. And Andres Munoz, I like if you're in the saves and hold leagues, but until there's more clarification on a closer, I can't justify taking somebody who could potentially be a setup man at pick 150. That's just absurd. Jose Miranda, if I'm playing in a corner um, infield spot or just middle infield spot, I love him as having that uh, at that middle or not middle, outside or just any infield position for that matter. I love taking him there. Those are the the names I like. Were you going to say something, Matt? Well, and, like you're going to hop in there. And with Muncie and with Miranda, you have the ability of position flexibility, and I think that's really big too, especially at this point in the draft. In regards to Munoz, um, it's just too early to take a hold guy. It just is, especially while I'm filling out starters, right? You talked about Jesus Lazardo as a possible starter. High strikeout opportunity there, especially important in categories and in Roto. I'm definitely taking that over a hold guy. Um, now, Munoz could easily become one of the most dominant RPs in the game this year. That's kind of the upside that we've seen. But I'm just not ready to take that big leap when you have other names on the board that are there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So I really like this next round. Yes. These next few rounds we're about to get in. So that was kind of like the boring tier. Like maybe you start reaching for some guys, you're filling those holes. But next we have 157 through 168, which is round 14. And there's a lot of ways I can go here. But I'm personally looking at the starting pitchers in this range. What about you, Matt? Yeah, starting pitchers in this range. Um, I think for with kind of what we've talked through right now, I'm looking at SP5 in all reality. I think I've been a little more aggressive than you have in this in this draft so far with starting pitchers. So for me, you know, we kind of talked about like if I missed out on Vinny P and Jose Abreu, like my guy Rowdy Telez is right here. Also Jordan Walker, as we talked about. Now I'm fully expecting Jordan Walker to be gone, so I'm not even going to mention his name. But Ryan Mountcastle is also here. So again, if I'm filling out my infield and I don't have a first baseman, there's a couple names with Telez and Mountcastle that I don't hate. Um, and if they're gone. 
hell, might as well fill out my SP5, and that would be Reed Detmers or Chris Sale. Chris Sale probably would be the guy I'm going to choose over Detmers, but Detmers has high upside and has really started to showcase himself as the prospect we expected. Uh, staying away from Charlie Morton, staying away from Josh Jung. Uh, well, that would be next round, but Javi Baez staying away from Pablo Lopez, staying away from Luis, Cass, uh, Luis Garcia, staying away from definitely Chris Sale, definitely Reed Detmers. Yeah, I, I agree. Chris Sale is the one I want here. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Definitely want him as my SP4 or 5. Realistically, I'm probably taking Chris Sale over Jesus Lazardo, which I talked about last round. Uh, just completely forgot about him until we got to this round. So he is the clear-cut choice for me. If I miss out on him, I do like a bounce back from Charlie Morton. He did have the strikeout upside. Um, if you can stomach the ERA and the home run ability, but I do like Reed Detmers here too. Definitely targeting those guys. Jordan Walker, I love, but he's probably going two or maybe even three rounds earlier than this, depending on format. And that could change by the time you're listening to this podcast, depending on what he does with spring. I will say though, if it comes out and he doesn't break camp with the Cardinals and he's sent back down, I think the fire or the helium the hype on jordan walker settles and i think he starts to fall back down to 180 200 and i think a lot is the expectation that he's making opening day and i think that's going to be huge because if he makes opening day i could see him jump into the 120 130 range and people are starting to reach for him at pick 100 maybe in the 90s and i i don't know if i can justify reaching that much on him. I think I need to fill up my core with that those first 10 players before I can do that. But w what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, no, I fully agree. You know, unless unless I'm literally penciling him in to be a starter for me with the concept that like come May, he's my guy. I'm I'm probably staying away and you know, I've had drafts in the past where I'm taking these high variant guys, these these prospects and I'm banking my entire season on them and it just hasn't worked. You know, Torkelson was a guy like that for me last year where it was like doesn't even matter when he comes up. He's going to be the guy. I know I can draft him. I know what he's going to give me. And boom, all of a sudden, he didn't give me anything near what I thought he would. Now, I do think with Walker, you're going to get what we expect. But, you know, Vladdy struggled. Torkelson has struggled. Like, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he comes up and hits 230 and strikes out 30% of the time because he's now facing big league caliber pitching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to pick 169 through 180, which is round 15. And I deem this my second base round. So you know where I'm going with this, but who do you like in this round? Yeah, for me, um, it's probably filling that third outfield spot. If I didn't get Santander with Riley Green, um, or it is that second base cap. You have Jake Cronenworth as well as Brennan Lau. I like Lau for a bounce back. Uh, I like Kettle Marte as well for a bounce back. Now, I think what we saw with the juice ball Kettle Marte is not what we're going to see moving forward. You have to expect probably ceiling of like 12 to 15 home runs max. Really got to hope that he can get that average back up. He barrels the ball really well. He has high exit velos. All those things should lead to more line drives and more on base opportunities. Um, so Kettle Marte, Jake Cronenworth, Brandon Lau, probably the guys I'm looking at, or if they're all gone, Riley Green. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking a second base, whether it's Jake Cronenworth, whether it's Brandon Lau, whether it's even Whit Merrifield, Cattell Marte, which one, that, which one are you taking if they're all available to you? If you had to just choose, which one are you taking? Marte. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I take that back. It's Cronenworth. It's Cronenworth. For the yeah. Fact I was going to say I'm taking Cronenworth too. Yeah. Just because of the lineup the around lineup. him, he's going to get yeah. the runs. He's going to get the RBIs, regardless that he batted 230 last year. I still think he's a 250, 260 hitter. He's not sexy. He's not going to get a lot of home runs, but I think he's going to get the job done. And at second base, that that's going to get it done. And Cattell Marte's floor is a little bit too low for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so let's move on now to pick 181 through 192, which is round 16. Well, I don't even think the listener needs to hear your uh, opinion on this because I know who you're going to say, and that at this point, if you've been listening to our podcast, you should also know who Richie's going to say. Well, there's because... two of them that I really like in this range. So. <laughs> 186 is Jeffrey Spring, so chalk yeah, it up. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, for me, it is Kodai Senga as my fifth. Or my that would possible. be my second one. Yep. That would be my second yep. one. So. Um, I like the strikeout potential here. I like overall having a little bit of security if he's my number one bench pitcher. 
The other names on this list outside of Springs aren't jumping off the page. Now, Jonathan India is here for any reason that I've completely botched my draft and I don't have a second baseman yet. India is an option, but I would still rather take Springs, rather take Kodai Singa, draft a second baseman later, knowing that if I absolutely need it, I could probably trade either Singa or Springs in a month or two for a more premium asset at second base because that's the upside that both of us kind of feel for both of these pitchers. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. You know I'm going Jeffrey Springs 1, Kodai Singa 2. Nobody else is – I have blinders on when it comes to this range. I'm not even looking at anybody else. You said Jonathan India. I didn't even realize he was in this range because there's nobody else. Yes, Tristan Casas is there when I actually look at the list, but everybody else is just a guy in my mind. So I don't think there's any more need to talk about this range. Let's move on to round 17, which is pick 193 through 204. So we're getting into the 200s now, Matt. Yeah, and I think right now what you're looking at is maybe filling that last uh, outfield spot. You know, Alex Verdugo is here. Uh, but for me, I'm looking at pitching. If I don't have an SP5 yet, Brady Singer comes in at 195. Don't love that, but he's definitely a guy that's proven to give you volume. He's proven to stay healthy, so there's that option. And then at 199, you have Grayson Rodriguez. If you're looking for a little more upside, a guy that could possibly jumpstart your team, uh, potentially be trade value because again we know Rodriguez probably won't be there for you come playoff time because they will have you know limited his innings he's a guy that I think you could flip in a month or two for another premium asset so I'm probably taking Grayson Rodriguez one Brady Singer number two um, gosh I really don't love this round you know Seiya Suzuki has the injury otherwise I'd say he could be a really nice third outfield option but I think it's definitely starting pitching for me let's let's just call it what it is we're not taking any guys in this range and we're probably reaching for somebody a little bit later dustin may who we'll talk about next but the only one i really like in here is cody bellinger who i know you don't like but at this range at this stage in the draft you gotta at least roll the dice absolutely not we're talking about a bench outfielder yeah i know you don't agree but give me some cody bellinger i'll sign sign me up for him this late in the draft you need Anything to find else? you need to find an outfielder that you dislike as much as I like Bellinger, and that can be our yearly competition. So <laughs> have it ready for me next show because my disdain towards Cody Bellinger runs almost deeper than my disdain for Ben Simmons. <clears throat> but <laughs> that's fair. But realistically, I'm passing at Cody Bellinger. I'm taking one of the guys in this range because I probably like about half of this list and pick 205 to 216, which we are now in round 18. So, Matt, I'm curious who you like the most out of this group. My first and foremost question here, and this is an absolute shout-out, um, who hired the ESPN analyst to create this list? Because the fact that Dustin May is at 207 <laughs> is just, it's wrong. It's absolutely yeah, wrong. He should be like 150, Yeah, at I mean, least in that range. And, and Oswald Peraza is coming in at 209, who's currently being beaten out for the job by Anthony Volpe. You know, Oswald yeah, Peraza is at 230 some... in spring training. Very unhappy with that. But uh, listen, if this is how they're giving us the information, I'm taking Dustin May and I'm doing it all day. No problem. No questions asked. Uh, Patrick Sandoval as well here at 206, who's one slot above May. Love both of them. Um, and I think at the end of the day, if I'm missing both of those guys, I'm probably taking a swing on Vargas here at 213 with the opportunity that he may step into that second base role. Uh, Edward Cabrera, we'll talk about two maybe, um, but definitely Dustin May, Sandoval. And it's like, I think it's light years ahead of all these other names. Yeah, I like Dustin May, I like Sandoval. I do like Edward Cabrera at just as much as them. The only thing with him is he has the walk issues, but... I think he's got the stuff potential. I do like Anthony Rendon here. He carries an injury risk, but at 214, whether he's just a middle infielder or just a bench third base guy, if you didn't fill one of those third base and you have uh, Josh Young or Jose Miranda, you could pair him up with this. Hope one of them sticks. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Miguel Vargas, I do agree with you. I like him. Just worry about him actually getting enough playing time and what that broken finger does for him long term. Having said that, let's move on now to pick 217 through 228, and we are into round 19, so we're getting to the home stretch here, Matt. Yeah, and one name jumps off the board to me, actually two names. Um, you know, if you're light on starting pitching, I think the obvious choice here is Jack Flaherty at 223. Uh, if you, again, if you listen to the show, you know how much I've been pumping Flaherty this offseason. And then there is at 225, Ezekiel Tovar. If you do not have a shortstop, for whatever reason, you have completely punted that, or if you need to fill – 
your middle infield position. I think Ezekiel Tovar, again, Roto categories, is the guy here. He should give you 280 to 300 batting average, 10 to 15 home runs, 15 to 20 stolen bases. Like, definitely a guy that I'm looking at, but Flaherty is my target in this round. Yeah, Flaherty sticks out like a sore thumb. The other thing is if you haven't gotten that second relief pitcher, I like Jose Leclerc for the Texas Rangers. I think he's going to be playing for a better ball club now that they have DeGrom and they have some hitters starting to develop a little bit more. I also like Andrew Heaney in this range if he can stay healthy. But outside of that, I don't really care for any of these other guys. Maybe Ramon Laureano, but he's got nobody surrounding him in that Oakland A's lineup. And so really at this point, you should have your outfielders filled, and I'd rather just reach on somebody in these next few rounds. So having said that, let's move on to 229 through, where are we here, 240. And this is round 20 now, Matt. Yeah, and uh, there's a name that sticks out from the, to me for starting pitcher. That's Trevor Rogers. I think at this point in the draft, you're really hoping to hit on some guys that could elevate your team. I think Rogers has SP3 upside. Uh, he also has cutability at downside. So we've seen that from him in that variation over the last couple of years. And then if, ultimately, if you have not gotten your third base locked up yet, this is kind of where I'm looking to target that. You have DJ LeMayhew, you have Cabrian Hayes, and you have Alec Bohm. I'm probably going DJ LeMayhew with the position flexibility, third, first, and second, then possibly going Alec Bohm and third, Cabrian Hayes. Uh, Hayes, we just haven't seen the absolute breakout yet, right? We haven't seen any power from him since that wrist injury. So probably first and foremost looking at Rodgers or I'm feeling that third base. Yeah, and just kind of what I said with the last round where I'm looking at RP, same thing here, Jorge Lopez who's actually the closer for the Minnesota Twins, who's going almost 100 picks after Johan Duran, which just is crazy to me. Give me the one who's locked up, Daniel Hudson at 231. I don't think they've officially announced who the closer is for the Dodgers, but if it's Daniel Hudson and you're getting the Dodgers closer at 231, sign me up all day long. Outside of that, um, I do kind of like Trey Mancini a little bit here. He had some decent power for um, the Baltimore Orioles, and now he's going to Chicago, which is the Windy City, so it should be easier to hit some home runs. Kind of like him sneaky as like a utility, maybe a, a bench outfielder or a backup first baseman here, but more, more than likely I'm going relief pitcher. Let's now move on to round 21, which is pick 241 through 252. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a hard position, too, because you're looking at essentially guys that are going to pop. Um, I really like Mackenzie Gore here, but again, playing on an absolute terrible Washington team, you have question marks about that elbow injury concern. You're really going to be hoping for a guy that can show that strikeout promise that he did as he came up last season. Uh, probably happier as my SP3 on the bench, just hoping that I can get a flash in the pan in him. Um, I like Isaac Paredes, has had a really good World Baseball Classic as well. You have some position flexibility again, second, first, and third. And then you have Asturi Ruiz here, which if you're in a five outfielder league, I really think he could provide you value. He's going to get you those stolen bases. He's going to probably get you some runs, even though he plays in Oakland. Uh, outside of that, I absolutely do not like this range. I do like Alex Lang for Detroit, though, presumed, presumed closer going into the 2023 season. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's three names that I like here, and only three names I'm really looking at. Asturi Ruiz, especially in categories for that stolen base upside. Jesse Winker, I think he can bounce back going to the Brewers. My concern is, is he going to be in a platoon, and is he going to sit against lefties? It's yet to be seen. And then Alex Lang, who you just mentioned for the Detroit Tigers. Outside of that, I don't really care. Yeah, Mackenzie Gore, but he's now for the Washington Nationals kind of struggled near the end just but then again you are going for upside so i could see it let's move to 253 through 264 and this is now round 22 so we're almost near the end here matt yeah and i think right now is where you said it like we're looking for upside but i'm also looking for guys that can like be a high floor guy if they're here and there's one name that jumps off the list for me it's nathan avaldi at 255 I think that he is the perfect candidate as your number one bench starter. Um, and I'm sure you probably have other bench starters at this point. But Evalde for me is the kind of the plug and play guy where if you incur an injury to say a Jacob deGrom, all right, we're going to toss Evalde in there. 
he's going to give me top 75, top probably top 50 SP upside uh, because he, he's just a three five three seven five ERA guy with a strikeout per inning. Like, that's something that's valuable to me. Everyone else on this list is kind of garbage, in my opinion. Um, not really excited about any of them. Maybe Logan Ohapi, a catcher, if I ever really punted. Um, but two names, yeah. Yeah, the only other one I would say I like is Jamison Tyone. The only downside is he plays in Chicago, which I talked about, is more a little bit homer-friendly. Um, Logan Ohapi, unless you're in a two-catcher league and you completely punted, probably not worth taking here. I'd rather just fill some of the other places or keep taking some dart throws at these relief pitchers. So might not even get too many guys in this 12-range um, selection here. So let's just move on to the next range, which is... 265 through 276 and this is round 23 so two more rounds ago yeah again the names just keep getting worse and worse i feel like you do have some again some bench stability here marcus stroman's here eric lauer's here like both of those guys as replaceable sps on my bench um i think this is where i'm taking the crack at jared kelnick at 265 you know i've really liked what i've seen so far in spring and honestly if i fail and he completely fizzles out I'm not absolutely devastated that I didn't take Stroman or take Lauer. Um, the other the rest of these guys, question marks, right? And then I just can't really get in with taking a Grandal, Brandon Belt, Charlie Blackman. Um, so I'll say this. I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because the last two rounds we haven't really liked. And I kind of took a peek at the, the rest in 300. At 299 is Anthony Volpe. Realistically, probably a round or two ago, I'm probably reaching and just taking him and locking him up because out of all of these names here, he's the one with the biggest upside here, and that's probably what I'm doing realistically. What are your thoughts? Kind of like the, what we were just talking about with Jordan Walker. Yeah, I think um, the only name... Where, where are you going to take him there? The only, where are you taking Anthony Volpe? only name that I'm taking over Volpe in the last couple rounds is Trevor Rogers. So for me, Volpe would springboard all the way up to the 234 ranking. I would even take Volpe over LeMahieu, which is a very challenging debate because I think LeMahieu is going to have a nice bounce back. But what I'm seeing from Volpe is a 275 hitter with 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. That's what we were talking about with Ezekiel Tovar, but better. You know, maybe not the same yeah. average, but like in a better lineup playing a premier position, a line drive contact hitter has had a good spring, is beating out the other guy for the job. Like all of those things lead me to believe that I would take him at 233. Again, though, I would rather have Rodgers if they were both next to each other. That's fair. I, I agree with that. I, that seems like a logical place to put him. Um, were you done with this round? I, I know I kind of interrupted you. Was yeah, and, and I think this is just how it's going to be moving forward. You know, We're not going to be excited about a lot of these names because it, this is the end of the draft. No, we only have two more. So in this range, there's only really two guys I like, and one is Evan Phillips, uh, relief pitcher for the Dodgers. I think he had the best ERA for the Dodgers in their bullpen last year. He is going up against Daniel Hudson. Give me both of them. I'll lock up that Dodgers bullpen. One of them's got to come out unless they sign somebody. But at this moment in time, it does not look like it. Give me both of them. One of them comes out on top. And if I'm getting both of them sub two or past 200, I'm taking that all day long. Otherwise, I do like Jared Kelnick. My concern is he can only hit fastballs. And it's spring training. A lot of these guys are working on their command of their fastball and just getting their velocity back. And I think that's where a lot of his home runs come from. But like you said, at this stage of the game, you're just taking flyers here. And you could be dropping any of these guys week one. And you're not even blinking an eye. So let's move on now to round 24, which is pick 277 through 288. Kind of to what you were saying, too, with the Dodgers relief pitcher situation. If you're in a saves and holds league, you might as well have both of them because you're going to bank in multiple times per game, per week. It uh, doesn't hurt to pair those guys up, similar to what Williams and Hayter did last year in Milwaukee and the year before, obviously. But kind of taking a look at this list, I like 280, Oscar Colas. Again, if you're banking on upside, if you're looking to hit a home run, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. You have volume guys like Nick Martinez, but he's a starter, Bailey Ober. Like, this list just is pretty pathetic. Um, I think I'd maybe take a swing on Lance McCullers, who has started a throwing program, stick him in my IL, and just hope I get something when he comes back. But I really don't like any of these names outside of Colas. Yeah, uh, two names I like here. Oscar Colas, um, for the, all the same reasons you like him. And then Nick Martinez uh, for the Padres. He is a SPARP, 
and it seems like he's going to have a rotation spot. And he did, he didn't do great, but he didn't do bad. He did okay for the Padres, and with that offense behind him, I think he can get some sneaky ones and maybe get some quality starts for you. And at this late in the game, uh, I'll take that take the roll of the dice there, especially if I'm playing in points leagues, and I've only had one reliever up to this point now. We've kind of talked about how many relievers we like later in the rounds with the Dodgers, and I like Jose Leclerc and Johan Duran and the Twins guys. But if you, for some reason, have gotten to this point in the draft with only one RP or even no RPs, might as well roll the dice on Nick Martinez here. I don't see what you have to lose. Um, Lance McCullers, you know how I feel about him. I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole you're going to be dropping him or placing him on the IL come week one, and you're never going to see him play. So let's move to the final round, which is round 25, pick 289 through 300. Wrap it up for us, Matt. Yeah, and I think this is a round where you know we're going to take Anthony Volpe's name out of this equation just because we spoke about him earlier. And for me, that leaves one glaring name, and that's Brandon uh, Fott. Again, I sorry, Brandon, if I'm spelling your name or pronouncing. Your no, name you right. said it right. You said it right. Parents. He did get he did get sent down to the minors today, but I don't think it's too long before he comes out and, and I'm and listen, contribute. I'm down with that because I, they, again, I think what you're looking at right here, especially with some of these names, is probably the first pitcher to be brought up now that Painter's gone to provide strikeout opportunity. Now, if, if I say, think you're getting, I think you're getting teams mixed up. Painter's on the Phillies. Fats on the what did I say? Diamondbacks. You said uh, you think he'll be able to provide values now that Painter's gone. Yes, correct. So we're, I'm talking about rookie starting pitchers here. So now, oh, got it, got it. Now that Painter's gone, like we're looking at really outside of Grayson Rodriguez, kind of like the Nielsens and the Fots, and I think Brandon's the guy to take for strikeout opportunities. Uh, now again, Arizona's team's a little rough at times. You know, we're expecting a lot out of Corbin Carroll, but I think wins might be challenging. But again, here you're looking for that upside. And if I can't get that, if, say, for whatever reason, my roster construction doesn't allow me, I think the other name I'm targeting here is Jorge Mateo. You're going to get a decent uh, combination of speed and power. He is playing in Baltimore, so, again, a better lineup this season. Playing time as in question, but, again, I think those steals at this point in the draft are really, really valuable. Yeah, for me, there's two names that stick out besides Brandon Fott, and that's Carlos Carrasco at 296, and then Craig Kimbrell at 298, signed with the Phillies. Now, he might be in a committee with Sir Anthony Dominguez, but as the second, third, last pick of the draft, I mean, he's going to be playing in some high-leverage situations. I can't foresee him not. And then Carlos Carrasco did pretty well in um, New York, kind of had stretches where he was inconsistent, but he's going to be playing now um, that Jose Quintana is out. So I definitely like that. Yeah, and again, this this part of the draft is is a bit challenging. Um, I'm sure there are probably names below the top 300 that I'm actually more interested in, but you know, this is just the list we kind of have. Let's take a look here because I think if you scroll down on ESPN, Matt, and you click on the each position, it goes into the non-rankings here. So nobody in catcher here. Let's take a look at first base. You know, a guy like Joey positive. Gallo is non-rated. Um, you know, I, I like I like Zach Veen as a steals guy in categories in Roto. If you're really desperate and you haven't been able to grab any, you know, Spencer Torkelson maybe. Torkelson's there. <laughs> no, but I mean, you you have some names that I'm I mean at the end, yeah. Taking over if you're thought. going further, Luis Garcia, shortstop, second base for the Nationals. I like. Um, I'm interested to pull up the SP rankings here because. You know, we I'm just going through. Now I'm on third base here. So, let's see, non rankings for third base. I like base. Justin Steele. He's non rated. Uh, Michael Kopech, I like, who's non rated. Ross Stripling is a RP. So, again, in points leagues, you have that. Kenta Maeda's there. I, guys that, again, I'm taking over probably all the names that you listed. And Mike Soroka is a, you know, a name to think about. Cindergard. We can talk about Cindergard. Cindergard, I'm definitely. Oh yeah, I would probably range. take him. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why he's not even ranked. Well, that's ESPN for you. Yeah, that is ESPN for you. Russ. Ooh, excuse me, Russ Stripling for the Giants. Giovanni. He is Gallegos. RP. 
Yeah, Ross Stripling is RP eligible. He's going to be working as a starter for the Giants, so that's another spark. Garrett Whitlock is a spark for the the Red Sox. It's yet to be seen if he's going to have an opening day rotation spot or not yet, so we'll see. You have uh, Carlos Estevez, who presumably might be the closer in Anaheim. We don't have any names yet official. Kendall Graveman for the White Sox. You know, like there's a lot of guys if you're looking at saves and holds that I think are valuable here and not rated for whatever reason on ESPN, but we could probably complain about that all day long. Trevor Bauer playing in Japan. You could go, go and grab him. No, I'm joking. Do you think his stats in Japan <laughs> and will translate fantasy baseball? Uh, anyways, I think that does it for our ranking show and what we like in each round and kind of our roadmap, uh, just general outline. So hopefully you guys can listen to this before your draft start and you can kind of get a feel on what to do and what the best, best path is for you and your team, whether it be head to head points or head to head categories or roto, I think the same strat or similar strategies apply for both formats and you just kind of have to figure out are you lacking in power or speed when it comes to categories and for points if you're playing in strikeout leagues don't go chasing the guys that strike out any other words of wisdom for you matt to the listeners yeah just don't get caught up in in the prospects you know i think this year with walker and carroll um we have probably less than we've had in years past but like focus really hard at the end of the draft to look at some of the names that you and i just talked about you know, cinder guards out there, a couple of the relief pitchers, like, you know, make sure that you're grabbing guys that in two months you can be like, okay, I'm glad I have them. You know, I'm glad I have my number four starter in Thor as opposed to, oh, I'm dropping the guy that, you know, I just shouldn't have had because I needed a fifth outfielder. Like, just make sure you're well balanced and don't get caught up on the hype. Yeah, with that being said, I think the next few podcast we'll have is uh actually our drafts together matt that's coming up in a couple days here for us i think we'll try to record most of it if not all of it and play it live for you guys here um and then i have a categories league draft coming up in a couple weeks here matt and we'll try to record that and you can help me go through my roadmap kind of like how we did today on the podcast until then we'll talk to you guys later 